Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Tuesday, January 3rd, and we start, as always, with local news. State legislators are considering changes to the third grade retention law that will take effect this year, mulling new learning support for early grades and a minimum age to begin kindergarten. Based on last year's test results, 67% of Murray County Public Schools third graders could face retention. Just 32.9% of Murray County Public School third graders met or exceeded proficiency requirements on tests last spring. Murray County is a district that is indeed working with legislators to amend the third grade retention law. If left as is, the children that experience the most detrimental and poignant effects of being out of school due to the pandemic will be retained in third grade. We have current third graders that have never experienced a full in-person school year, judged by a single data point via a state-mandated test potentially being retained. Murray County Public Schools District Spokesperson Jack Cobb commented, In Murray County Public Schools, the retention of hundreds of third graders will cause a ripple effect regarding staffing allocations to our elementary schools, create building capacity issues, and transportation woes, he said. Lawmakers passed the third grade retention law during a special education-focused legislative session in 2021. It requires third graders to who fail to meet or exceed expectations on the spring TCAP test to repeat the grade. Students can avoid retention by attending summer school or tutoring programs. English language re- learners and those who have already been held back a grade are not impacted. State Representative Scott Sapicki, chairman of the House Education Instruction Subcommittee, says the legislature should require proficiency and supports, like tutoring and summer school, before third grade to ensure students are set up for success at the third grade cutoff. We need to make sure that we're getting to the point that if a student fails the third grade TCAP test, we're shocked because we probably missed a learning disability, Representative Sapicki stated. He also said he's open to extending the deadline for implementing the third grade retention law, which will impact third graders moving to fourth grade this fall. I think we need to look at it, not to erase that line in the sand, but to make sure we have all of the proper supports all the way back into kindergarten, he said. Would it be better for us to roll this one year, make sure we pass legislation to increase all the supports that, so that going forward we are two to two and a half years away from COVID to where our teachers have had the opportunity of two years in the classroom to get our kids back on track, he asked. Third grade is an important transition year. After third grade, students move from learning to read to reading to learn. Without successful reading skills, the student may not be able to keep up very well. Sapicki says he's open to changing the minimum age to begin kindergarten. Currently, Tennessee children may enter kindergarten if they turn five years old before August 15th and must enroll in school no later than the beginning of the academic year following the child's sixth birthday. Starting kindergarten later could help students have the maturity and development to be more successful, he says. More than 80% of students testing on grade level are students who started kindergarten later, according to Sapicki. House Speaker Cameron Sexton says he is willing to consider raising the minimum age for kindergarten. Are we starting our kids too early in school? Maybe we need to have them a bit older than what is required right now, he said. 
Sexton says the legislature may expand measures of third grade proficiency to include benchmark tests administered throughout the year and not the TCAP test alone, as the law stands now. So one bad day doesn't throw a student off track. I don't think you can continue to go year after year and not have some accountability, Sexton said. Governor Bill Lee says he's willing to look at changes proposed by the legislature, but he says he likes the law as it is. I think one of the worst things we can do is move a child from third to fourth grade if they can't read, Lee told reporters on Friday. The statistics show and evidence shows that that's a very bad move for children that end up in the long term being very harmful to them, he said. Murray Regional Health is pleased to introduce the first baby born at Murray Regional Medical Center in 2023. Baby Gloria arrived on January 1st at 1.47 a.m. to parents Alexis and Jansen Woodard. She weighed 6 pounds and 9 ounces and is 20 inches long. Congratulations to the Woodard family. The Small Business Administration designated Columbia's Tallgrass Meat Company as the state's 2020 Small Business Startup of the Year. Because of the COVID pandemic, the Small Business Administration is just now presenting awards for 2020. Amelia Bozeman, director of the Tennessee Small Business Administration, presented the award to Tallgrass Meat Company owner Casey Weber on Tuesday, December 13th. A Santa Fe structure fire claimed a life last week. According to a press release from the Murray County Fire Department at 8.19 p.m. on Wednesday, December 28th, Murray County, fire res- Murray County Fire responded to a fire alarm activated in the area of Fly Road. Moments later, the call was upgraded to a structure fire with a victim trapped inside. First responders arrived on scene and reported heavy smoke pouring from the residence. Upon entering the residence, crews reported heavy smoke active fire, and zero visibility. Fires attempted to locate the victim and began fire attack. With the assistance of multiple arriving units, crews were able to stop the flames and locate the victim. Despite intense efforts by the Murray County Sheriff's Department and Murray County firefighters, the victim was found deceased. Several Murray County Fire Department sheriff deputies and firefighters worked together and faced dangerous conditions to continue the rescue. We want to recognize the efforts of all involved in the relentless attempt to help the victim. We send our deepest condolences to the family affected, stated Murray County Fire Department Public Information Officer Savannah Madison. As command of this incident, I want to share that we are deeply sorry to the family of the victim for the unexpected loss that occurred tonight. Our responders did all they could to try and change the outcome. A call like this is extremely hard for first responders and dispatchers alike, added Murray County Fire Department Captain Tommy Stanfill. At this time, the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation is investigating the cause of the fire and death. The Tennessee Valley Authority pledged to conduct a review of what led to unprecedented rolling blackouts across its service territory in the days before Christmas. The power generator apologized for the temporary planned power outages, the first in the utility's 90-year history, and pledged corrective actions in a statement on Wednesday. This is not the way we want to serve our communities and customers, the statement said. We are conducting a thorough review of what occurred and why. The apology comes after government officials and leaders of local power companies dependent on TVA power criticized the utility for its performance during last week's winter storm that left tens of thousands of Tennesseans without power. 
TVA supplied more power than at any other time in its history on December 23rd, the first day of the storm, and experienced its highest ever winter power peak, the utility said. Energy demand was close to 35% higher than expected on a typical winter day, TVA COO Don Mool stated on Friday. The freezing temperatures also forced some of TVA's gas and coal facilities to shut down. Because of the unprecedented strain on TVA's system, TVA asked the 153 local power companies on its system to reduce their power by as much as 10%. In many places, that reduction took the form of rolling blackouts, planned outages that reduced demand but left homes and businesses without power. The outages created frustrations across the state as families gathered for the Christmas holiday. More than 10% of electric customers in Tennessee were without power on Saturday morning. In Nashville, where temperatures fell below zero for the first time since 1996, 50,000 people were without power on Friday. Mayor John Cooper called on the Tennessee Titans to cancel their noon game on Saturday against the Texans, which eventually started an hour later than scheduled as 10-minute rolling blackouts hit everyone to two hours in the city. TVA needs to invest in infrastructure to withstand extreme temps, Cooper posted on Twitter on Saturday. TVA gave Nashville Electric Service just an eight-minute warning before rolling blackouts on Friday, Cooper said. In Memphis, more than half the 200, I'm sorry, 422,000 customers of local power company Memphis Light, Gas, and Water experienced rolling blackouts. Following the blackouts, Memphis Mayor Jim Strickland said TVA was certainly not as reliable as they said they were. Wednesday's public apology comes after TVA CEO Jeff Lyish made similar comments to elected officials across TVA's seven-state service area during a conference call after the blackouts, adding that the utility should have had better communication with its local power companies. Have you always wanted to quit nicotine but never found something that works for you? Murray Regional Health is offering a free four-hour class series to help. The nicotine cessation classes will meet on four Tuesdays in the new year, January 17th, 24th, 31st, and February 7th. Each class begins at 6 p.m. and will be held at Murray Regional Medical Center. The classes will meet in the private dining room area near the cafeteria. Sharon Dobbins, a respiratory therapist and former smoker, will lead the sessions. Quitting cigarettes, vaping products, and smokeless tobacco may be the single most important thing a person can do to improve their health, said Dobbins. As a former smoker, I can personally relate to the challenges that come with trying to stop using tobacco products and encourage those who are trying to quit to join this supportive group session, she said. According to the CDC, cigarette smoking causes more than 480,000 deaths each year in the United States. This is nearly one in five deaths. The article then states even people who smoke fewer than five cigarettes a day can have early signs of cardiovascular disease. Smoking causes diminished overall health, increased absenteeism from work, and increased health care utilization and cost. Regardless of your nicotine choice, Murray Regional Health wants to help you on your journey to quitting. Advanced registration for the nicotine cessation program is requested so that course materials may be prepared. To register, visit murrayregional.com forward slash classes dash and dash events or call the number 931-840-4446. In today's world, it's no secret that keeping a privately owned restaurant going can be a tall order. But some find the secret to community success and longevity contains many ingredients, stellar customer service, great food, 
and decades of memories. But some chapters must come to an end, and such is the story for iconic 32-year Asian takeout eatery Walk-In Grill and adjacent Snowbiz Shaved Ice in Columbia. After serving loyal customers hot egg drop soup and stir-fried dishes over the last three decades, the owners of the popular restaurant, Han and Teresa Lowe, will close its doors on January 13th to spend more time with family. Since the closing announcement this month, customers have poured into the tiny dining area with a consistent line almost out the door, determined to enjoy some of their final meals at the location. Loyal longtime customer Will Brewer, former Brickhouse Barbecue General Manager, has been eating at the restaurant since he moved to Columbia in 1995. I remember summer date nights at the movies and going to get a Hawaiian shaved ice at the trailer across the street, Brewer said. It was the beginning of a tasty little Chinese place. Walk and Grill has always been a place for a great meal at a great price, he said. Like many customers, Brewer said he especially enjoys the weekly specials Wednesday through Saturday. I'll eat all I can before January 13th, and I wish Han a happy retirement. He deserves it, he said. One ingredient Han Lowe says helped their restaurant greatly is a hard-working younger staff. He's quick to credit his team, without whom he said he could not have run the restaurant for so long. We treat our employees like family, Teresa said. We have several on staff who work while on break from school, and they come back even though they can make more money elsewhere. We can't pay a lot, but I think they like it here because of the atmosphere, she said. While food industry workers often create a high turnover, several of the current staffers have worked there for up to five years or more. Chelsea Brown, who's 20, said the end of her five-year work history at the restaurant will end up more open up sorry, a more opportunity to pursue a legal career, as now she maintains a legal assistant job. Starting when the Shady Brook Mall featured more stores, the Lowe's began in 1990 as Mays Oriental Cafeteria, later moving out of the mall and then purchasing the Snowbiz Shaved Ice business to create extra summer business. They settled into their current location with the current name in 1998. We have good memories from being at the mall, Teresa said. I don't know how we made it all these years, she said. While people and atmosphere contribute to a steady workplace for some, customers might agree that there are very few places to buy a full three-item dinner for around seven bucks. Their ever-popular chicken on a stick can also be added to any entree for only $1.50 with other individually priced items like egg rolls near the same low price. Walk and Grill recently earned a score of 100 on its health inspection by the Tennessee Department of Health. Profit has never driven our motivation, Teresa said. It definitely didn't make us rich, and it has been a surprise for us to have had the business for this long. It was supposed to be an adventure for when we retired, but somewhere along the way, people helped it become what it is now, she said. After serving customers for so long, Teresa said it is time to rest, though she's quick to say this does not mean retirement for her, though that might not be so for Han. When asking what was next, Teresa said that she and her husband still plan to host many events at the Cypress Barn on Miller Lake. The wedding venue has become somewhat of a hopping spot for evening events with live music and dancing. Teresa said it's possible they might change their minds one day and want to return to the place that cooks up the rarest of recipes, a successful restaurant that lasts for 30 years. The 32-year-old Columbia Chinese food eatery plans to serve its final meal on January 13th. Until the doors shut for good, Teresa Lowe said the staff will keep the restaurant open each day until the food runs out. And this has meant closing an hour or two early on some days. You just never know, Teresa said. We might just come back.
And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Ricky Nolan, age 67, a resident of Columbia, died Friday, December 30th at his residence. Funeral services for Mr. Nolan will be conducted on Tuesday at 10 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Palestine Cemetery in the Swan Creek community of Lewis County. Mr. Wayne G. Patterson, 73, a former Murray County Commissioner, died Friday, December 30th at his residence in on Hampshire Pike. Funeral services for Mr. Patterson will be conducted on Wednesday at 12 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will be in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Tuesday from 4 to 7 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, as well as two hours prior to the service. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness, and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people, and we work hard to do things well. But we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we'll have thunderstorms throughout the day with locally heavy rainfall. A few storms may be severe. The high will be around 70 degrees with winds out of the south-southwest at 10 to 20 miles per hour. One to two inches of rain is expected. Tonight, we can expect more thunderstorms and a low of 56 degrees. Winds will be out of the south-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of overnight rain is 80%. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance... Our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see shelter agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. 
more high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. This is Chris Dowdy from Tennessee Children's Home. We are overwhelmed by the support through our move to our new Spring Hill campus. We are excited about the new opportunities that these buildings will provide us to serve at-risk youth. We ask that you will continue to pray for us and those that we serve. We still need your continued support. Visit our website, TennesseeChildrensHome.org, to make a donation or learn more about what we're doing to serve at-risk youth in Tennessee. I can go from zero to 60 way too fast. (laughs) Who knew electric vehicle owners were having so much fun? 20 or 30 years ago, I owned a a gas sports car, and this car is much quicker. It's a great, fun car to drive. When you put your foot on the accelerator, it just goes. They're fun, they're fast, they're efficient. Visit driveelectrictn.org to learn how you can start having fun driving an electric vehicle. Sponsored by the East Tennessee Clean Fuels Coalition, the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters, and this station. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. The rock wall in Franklin's Five Points in front of the historic Presbyterian Church has a hidden history that is about to be highlighted. For decades, children have been walking on the wall and adults have been sitting on it. In the past, it was a meeting place, a waiting place, and for some, when the bus arrived, a last goodbye place for Franklinites heading off to new places or heading off to war in the 1940s. During World War II, it was known as the Waiting Wall. The late Jimmy Gentry, who died earlier, late last year at the age of 96, often spoke about the Rock Wall. He often called it the Rock Fence during his talks about growing up in Franklin in the early 20th century and in his book, An American Life. He recalled sitting on the wall along with several other boys during World War II, waiting for the bus to take them off to boot camp and later to either the European or Pacific theaters. I was one of 96 young men gathered there at Five Points who were going off to war, Gentry wrote in his book. Classes in Leadership Franklin, an organization that enhances leadership and citizens who are positioned to make a difference for Franklin by exposing them to the multiple aspects of Franklin, including history, criminal justice, education, media and entertainment, and government, take on a project each year that will make a difference in Franklin. 
The leadership Franklin class of 2020 decided their project would take an idea that Franklin Alderman Brandy Blanton, leadership Franklin class of 2007, had years earlier and make it happen. The idea was centered around the 180-year-old rock wall at Five Points and a sculpture of Jimmy Gentry, a well-known and much-loved Franklinite who died back in April of last year. The sculpture would depict him sitting on the wall representing the boys who left home during World War II. It morphed into an eight-foot bench with a sculpture of Gentry representing the Franklin heroes who fought in World War II. The real heroes are the ones who didn't come back, Gentry used to say. The bench will be a place near placed near the rock wall along Fifth Avenue with Gentry gazing toward Veterans Park across the street. He will be a figurehead for those who sat on the wall, said Carrie Drury, a member of the class of 2020. The initiative was developing when the coronavirus hit in the spring of 2020 and put a pause on the project. It returned several months ago. Since that time, plans for the size and style of the bench, the design of the sculpture, the placement of the bench, and the artist were negotiated with community members and recently approved by the city of Franklin. Bench and statue will bring attention to the rock wall. It's a place in Franklin's story and for the thousands of new residents who call the place the once small town home and understanding that Franklin's story goes beyond the Civil War. Gentry was a teacher, a coach, a farmer, and a mentor. He spent much of his life shaping the characters of generations of Franklin's youth. He brought history alive with his stories and honored those who went to war. He kept the other stories alive, said Drury. As an artist, Gentry painted and sketched the people and scenes of Franklin he knew as a youth and the war in which he served. I played ball and hung with the athletes, said Drury, who got to know Gentry well during her teen years. I remember meeting Coach through friends. When she returned to Franklin after college, Drury opened a restaurant. Jimmy Gentry was a dear customer. He came in every day, she said. I really got to know him. He would always be telling stories to someone. When he talked, people listened. He was a polite, kind man, and he inspired me. I want people who didn't know him to get to know him, she said. When Gentry was told of the bench in 2020, he reiterated that he always said when called a hero... However, he cooperated and allowed photos to be taken of him for the sculptor, Scott Wise, from Clarksville. Leadership Franklin Class of 2020 and Franklin Tomorrow are fundraising to pay for the bronze sculpture of Gentry, poised ready to tell one more story. To learn more about the project and to make a tax-deductible donation, you can go to www.franklintomorrow.org. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee today, and now our final story. Spend an evening with David Sedaris as the best-selling author returns to Nashville for a one-night show at Tennessee Performing Arts Center's Polk Theater on April 8th. With sardonic wit and incisive social critiques, David Sedaris has become one of America's preeminent writers. The great skill with which he slices through cultural euphemisms and political correctness proves that he is a master of satire and one of the most observant writers addressing the human condition today. Sedaris is taking that humor and insight to the stage by sharing published stories and a selection of all new readings and recollections. The show also includes a Q&A session and book signing. Tickets are on sale now at www.tpac.org or by phone at 615-782-4040 and in person at the TPAC box office located at 505 Dedrick Street in downtown Nashville. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.